Hello, and welcome to Menage a Moi, a podcast about women who do themselves. I'm your host, Chelsea Beck. One of my favorite things about doing this show is that many of my guests say things like, this is the first time I've said this out loud, or this is really embarrassing, but I'm going to choose not to be embarrassed about it. That seems really brave to me. And a lot of the time when I'm writing and figuring out exactly what I mean to say and how to express it clearly, I say to myself that to write is to form a thought. The writing is thinking, essentially. Maybe that's really obvious to some people, but it still feels kind of like a revelation to me. Rarely does the thought come out cleanly before it's sorted out on the page. When thoughts remain inside my head, they're often muddled. So these conversations that I have with my incredible list of guests often feel like thoughts are being born as we're talking about them. We realize things about ourselves and the conditions under which our sexual identities and experiences are formed. My guest today is Nikki, and she really knows herself well. She's done a lot of this thinking and sorting out in her various writing, performance, and art projects. She has no trouble declaring that she is absolutely hands down the best fuck of her life. But partnered sex is good for some things too, I guess. Before we begin talking to Nikki, I want to take one minute and let you guys know that I'm about to have a baby. Yay! So I'm going to be taking a short break from putting out new episodes. Season two will start when I return, and there are some big things in store. i got some big plans, so stay tuned for that. Uh, okay, that's all. Here's Nikki, and I'll be back to say bye to you on the other side. So thanks for coming on this masturbation show, Nikki. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm honored. I, it's a topic I know a lot about. Oh, good. Well, we'll get into your special areas of expertise here. Um, <laughs> so can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and, and your background? I'm a writer and an artist and a um, performer. I'm a poet and an essayist, and um, I have a novel coming out on Feminist Press in 2018. Congratulations. Thank you, and I have an art book um, with a compendium of essays coming out on Hess Press also in fall 2018. Look um, out for that, listeners. <laughs> I, I went to Catholic school growing up. Also, my mom is, um, my mom, I'm mixed race. My mom's Mexican. So it was important for her just to feel like we're a lot of, um, a lot of people in like Jewish homes. They don't necessarily practice Judaism, but their families, it's important for the family culturally. to culturally understand Judaism. That's how my mother felt about Catholicism because we're from New Mexico and where she's Nuevo Mexicano, um, meaning my ancestors are from North America, what is now the United States. We've never like we there is no like migration story. We're like Spaniards and um, and like, you know, n indigenous Native Americans and um, Mexicans now. But, but but it was Mexico is my point. Anyway, the point is she wanted me to have this sort of cultural understanding of what it was to be Catholic. So I went to actually a convent for a couple years, Ramona Convent Secondary School in Alhambra. And, and that's where you started masturbating. 
Oh, no, I started. No, I'm just kidding. No, I started that, masturbating that would, way okay. before that oh, at a good. place called Holy Family in South Pasadena. Where <laughs> but I think still good, religious. Ber- yeah, but religious I Religious place of masturbation. Yeah, so I, um, I've known about sex a long time because of Catholicism, but I went to Catholic The sexiest school. religion. The sexiest religion. Okay, well, the first time I ever, ever, ever had like a conscious understanding that I got a funny, good feeling down there was when I was little. And I think I just was like playing with my body because I was like like three or four or five. So I remember that was my earliest realization that there was like a feeling. And the funny thing that I remember so clearly is I couldn't remember if I got it from touching my belly button or if I got it from touching down there. It must have been the belly button, but I couldn't remember. Even then I was like, where do I press to make the little feeling happen? But I didn't full on masturbate and I didn't have an orgasm probably for like, oh gosh, until I was... I'd say like 13 or 14. The way that that happened is really interesting. And I've never actually talked about this ever. So this you is decided so to do it publicly. Strange. <laughs> Very publicly. Yeah. Well, that's part of the story is it was public. So my parents divorced when I was young, but my dad, before they divorced and they still lived together, had a, he had fallen off a roof and he's a contractor and like an engineer. He fell off a roof and he almost broke his back. And they gave him this like vibrating heat press thing. Yeah, it's it's a back massager. Back massager. It's a deep tissue That's back massager. That's how vibrators were first marketed. When he left, the massager stayed. I'm just hearing the story out loud and realizing that it's got layers of yuck on it that I first masturbated with my father's medicated back massage. <laughs> oh, my. Like my dad has never been in my mind when this story is being told. But now that I realize the origin of its place in my house... <laughs> Was the back but incident. Just tell me you didn't put Icy Hot on no, your vagina. No, no, I okay, did good. not. Not at all. No. It, probably six years it had just been sitting like with a little cord wrapped around it. No one took it out of the drawer. Like, So I had a friend come over, my neighbor. I'm just trying to think what would possess me. To then put it on your vagina. Right. 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 Just, what was Just a woman's intuition. <laughs> I mean, I guess it must have been. But what happened was we were in my room passing it between us but over our underwear no one put it like directly on their you know flesh spot but um I think it started on top of jeans and shorts like Mm -hmm. it didn't even start on top of underwear it started on top of clothes and we just were like I don't even think we knew we were having orgasms like I don't think we put that together we just but it was amazing we loved it it bonded us and we kept doing it like, oh, you'd like, like, you like she would come, come over. over. Yes. Do you want to come over? We'd eat like Ritz crackers. Did you have a code word for it? Um, or how did you describe it? Like, cause you didn't know you were or, like, well, I don't think you- we ever discussed it. I think because she was my neighbor, she was over a lot. And, um, at some point I took it out of the drawer and just kept it plugged in under my bed. It was only the two of us like that back and forth for a few months. And then it tapered off. Cause I was like, I don't need her here. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it's actually better when I'm alone. alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever discussed okay. what happened? Weird story. No, of course we've never discussed it. Okay. Um, I mean, I just realized that we share, like, our first masturbation. That's your first sexual experience, really. Was with a woman. Yeah. Well, I'm bisexual. She was very beautiful. She was very beautiful. I I never sexualized her. I was always thinking about Joey Lawrence because he was very – he's kind of femme-looking with his long, curly hair. <laughs> 
I'm an artist and a lot of like my sexuality comes out in my performance, but I on like a private level, I'm very like I have a lot of addictions. Like I've been to rehab, like I've like smoked all the drugs as a total garbage head. I love to drink, I love to snort, snort coke, I love to do all the things and we haven't done them in a long time. But like um sex things are not one of them. One of them. Like I have a pretty healthy relationship to sexuality. Like I I don't feel like I I've never like been one to sleep with another person to make myself feel better like I would always just like drink a 40 and like do a line right you know what I mean do you think that's because your creative output in the world can like address sexuality and maybe it's a harder thing to address addiction in the form of like an artistic practice weirdly I think it is like the hand I pulled like I come from a long line of addicts I think I modeled the behavior of the people in my family substance abuse was always in front of me it was never hidden from me and despite all of that my parents weirdly have really good boundaries with their bodies and their sexuality that's not how I saw people acting out my mom's always been very supportive of my body of my choices and my sexuality sexuality's never been taboo or it's never been something I had to like feel like I rebelled against or that was hidden or made weird for me so in some of your more like sexually explicit performances yeah is that something you're comfortable sharing with your parents no okay no 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 no. I mean there's still my there's still my mom and dad like they never see me perform I I fucked a beer bottle Like, while I was performing, I masturbate when I perform. But the performances are about me, but more in the sense that I am, like, part of the collective, like, feminine energy of the earth, right? That Mm -hmm. I am a woman, that I am, like, a, um, I am, like, uh, the recipient of misogyny. So it's not, it's less like, this is a performance about Nicole Darling, and more it's, like, it's a performance using my body as a metaphor for larger issues happening, socially, culturally, whatever, around, like, misogyny. Do you orgasm during your performances? Never. God, I wish. That would be so... No, I'm so hyper aware. I mean, I studied performance. Um, so it's, like, one of the few things I'm, like, actually technically trained in. And it's weird. People... I've gotten really, like, lovely compliments from folks where they're, like, oh, it seems like you're really just, like, going off the cuff. And, like, just... It's, like, that is the furthest... That's the... It's theater. It's, like... like <laughs> it is, it is like, theater to the... Like, I know where I'm going to move. I know where I'm going to flip. Like, I choreograph the things. When you're not performing, if you're just masturbating or even having sex with another person... I love masturbating. Are you... Are you more relaxed? You're not as controlled. Oh, my God. I'm, like... <laughs> I'm, like, having the best time. Well, one... I will share one thing that I have shared on the air before... Um, whatever. I used to be embarrassed by this. I don't even care. People, I'm going to recommend this. The tiny Persian cucumbers from Trader Joe's. That's what I masturbate with. Like legit. That's how I fuck when you, I like want to fuck. You put something on it, right? A condom to make yeah. it slippery. Yeah. yeah. And so that it doesn't get lost in my body. And it's like a little handle, you know? Best don't... sex I ever have is with those little cucumbers. <laughs> so do you have anything that was intended to masturbate with? Or do you prefer to go the route of like, what's in my house? <laughs> no, no. Is that like part I've, of, that's foreplay I for mean, you? No, I mean, sometimes I want like clitoral stimulation. So I'll use a vibrator. I have vibrators. Um, it's so embarrassing in this sense to say that like my sex life is so vanilla. Like I wish it was way more exciting than it is. Like... I, I I think because of my performances, people think, oh, I don't know what people, I actually don't know what people think. I can't pretend to know what people think, but I feel like I give off the, I don't know, maybe the impression that I'm more, I don't know, kinky. Um, I have things that I enjoy, you know, but I'm not like, 
I don't, I'm not into like BDSM or anything like that. Do you know people who are truly kinky? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. I know some kinky folks. And that's fucking beautiful. Like, I, like, look, I'm, like I said, I'm kinky with the drugs. Like, I'm like, I'm going to shoot this between my toe. Like, 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 kinky for me. (laughs) So depressing. But, um, no, but I love my sex life. I love it. It's like my house. It's small, but it's mine. Um, Like, I love fucking my cucumbers. I love my wands. I keep them clean. You know, I have a little box for them. Um, I know how to have the best orgasm for me. I feel very lucky that I've had clitoral orgasms with other people. Um, but you give yourself the best orgasms. I mean, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I feel like every woman that says that's not true. (laughs) Can you say that a little louder? Oh God. Okay. So this is judgmental. I feel, I feel like every woman that says that's not true is either lying or has never truly fucked herself. You know what? Okay. Oh, I also, I love sex with human beings. I love, cause there's an intimacy, right? And there's another body, but that's a different, it's a different thing, thing that doesn't always equal best orgasm, maybe best moment, most beautiful moment. Right. Like there's a feel good, funny feeling down there, but it's not like when I've got my cucumber and I'm like, not anymore. I don't smoke pot anymore, but when I used to just like smoke a joint and like, Put the little condom on my Persian cucumber. <laughs> That's get, your Sunday. Get my Hitachi wand out. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, it is an orgasm that is, like, so strong. I'm into role play. And I think that's because I'm, like, an actor. Like, I'll be like, oh, night me. You know, like, <laughs> hello, I'm your maiden from, like, a Spanish ship. Like, let's colonize our bodies. Is that your go-to? Like the, the- um, When I find someone that will role play with me, I get, like, super psyched. But you don't have to, like... I mean, I have found people that are down to, I also have this weird, like, Joan of Arc, like, Maria Falconetti thing, you know, the black and white movie. Uh-huh. I, like, I, I'm very, I'm just, I'm just, I love old movies. I love, like, I just want, like, if you will pretend to be Laurence Olivier, like, I'll just, or, like, you know, Roman Navarro or whoever, you know, I just, like, have old, you, do you masturbate to old movies? Is that, oh, like, your, that's, yes. that's your porn. That's my porn. That's my porn. Absolutely. Zorro. <laughs> Zorro's so fucking hot. Like, um, I'm all about fantasy, make believe. Um, I love the Ren Fair. <laughs> the Ren Fair, I mean, I've been to one Ren Fair. It's hot. You Relax. know, the corsets, the boobs up to the yeah. chin. Yes. Like, I went and I had some mead, and the guy right. was kind of like, You're a mead virgin. And it was like, I felt a little sexually harassed. There's a sexual undertone to a Ren Fair. a pretty like vanilla but for me satisfying experience with masturbation right how has it has it changed that much like throughout your life well the introduction of the persian cucumbers i mean really i like it because you eat them as well i know that's like super into i mean if it's too embarrassing to admit what you do i have once (laughs) i have once i was really high i was stoned and the thing is you can use them i usually would use them twice and then the next day I was making a salad and I was like, oh, this is the only cucumber I have. 
so no, but I've never like eaten it like after like a sacrifice, like right. an animal just gave birth and eats the placenta. Not like that. Like right. that's not like I was like, now I'm gonna like, <laughs> no. eat, my, eat this dick. No, I, I want to taste myself. Yeah, no, 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 no. What I did, no, I'm actually I'm a big germaphobe and um, I'm a control freak and a workaholic. So I'm very like compartmentalized. Like I have a little box for them. Like so I put I like super washed it, then I put it back in the refrigerator. In it was the only one left, so I put it like in the little bag to use again that evening because I was like only have one right and I want to do this again tonight because it's like I think it was Saturday it's like tonight's Sunday like I don't have to be anywhere until the morning you're um, rationing your little I was rationing my cucumbers <laughs> and then I made a salad and realized oh so what I did is I just put like the 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 dishwashing liquid and just washed the fuck out of it and then just was like I'll never you know I'll, no one knows yeah but now that's one of the nice things so it's I like- did eat the cucumber <laughs> that's why i think it's hard when you've lived alone for you know so for long. for a, yeah for so long and then like just i mean sharing space with someone like that you don't get the time to do like to masturbate the way you want to or do all the kind of weirdo gross shit well you do. see like, i'm like i'm a little nervous because i've never lived with a partner okay i've never lived with a partner i mean i've had relationships but we've always just i think like it almost happened twice, and each time, weirdly, the it was right when it was about – it's weird. It's like it's kind of been a make-it-or-break-it thing. Like right when it, that is – like we hit like the two-and-a-half-year mark where we're like, oh, we should talk about this thing. I feel like that's like the real test where you're like, oh, actually. <laughs> right. This, this is, is not going to work This out. isn't going to work out, and this whole thing actually is not – because I think it's like if you're not willing to do that, then why are you yeah. here? Yeah. So, I mean, and have you come to the to the decision that you're just not really willing to live with someone? <laughs> no, no, I would love to live with someone. I would love to have a family. I would love to do. I mean, I would love. I mean, I'm, I'm not like desperate searching for a partner, but I'm open yeah, to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just haven't. It just hasn't happened for me right. yet, for whatever reason. But the reason I'm nervous is because, like, you know, I am 37, and I've never lived with someone and the longer I live alone the more I become yeah like I think it's totally normal to put a cucumber I just masturbated with back in the cucumber bag and like I feel like if I live with someone you might have to give that up if you live with someone right exactly (laughs) I might have to just like toss the (laughs) cucumber but yeah I live like I said with three cats and a dog so it's like they don't know right they don't judge you they don't absolutely not they're all looking their own things all the time i feel like i've made myself sound like the most like prudish <laughs> like unattractive like like single well, mom no the thing is is that i think like everyone everyone is that everyone has <laughs> like, moments oh God. like that <laughs> But no, but very few people are brave enough to talk about it. I'm like, I'm actually very vivacious and I perform naked and I'm like, I'm I'm totally not like a weird like cat lady from The Simpsons. (laughs) Or maybe I am and I'm in denial. I don't know. I think the reason that I'm able to do what I do on stage is because it is super hyper planned and I know going in and maybe I shouldn't say this like it'll like dispel the magic is um look at me like oh my performances are so magical (laughs) but um is that I know they're hyper planned like they're choreographed so to me they never feel I never go in feeling like I'm giving something truly intimate do you know what I mean yeah it's intimate in the sense that you're a character performing yes I'm a character I'm I'm Nikki right right um, but like, could I go out there and be like Nicole who like has an orgasm? I don't think so. Yeah. 
that would be weird. When you're performing a, a masturbation scene, um, what what does it mean to you to do that? I mean, if you're not if you're not getting pleasure, like what are you trying? What is the audience supposed to get? I think that women's bodies have been continuously eroticized um, against them. You, I mean, I feel, I mean, you're a woman in the world, so I feel like explaining this to you is like self-evident. The tenet that I live by is that we all need to stop telling each other what to do. We meaning everyone. everyone. I especially don't like the idea of women criticizing other women. I think that all women are victims of misogyny. How it manifests in our daily lives is different according to how we were raised, socialized, the community, our communities of origin. Um... I think that we as a human race need to extend more compassion and understanding for our shared oppression, which is misogyny. Um, I don't extend misogyny just to the cis female body. I think it's, um, for me, I use the definition that's used in Gloria Anzaldúa's Borderlands, which is um, the, the, the othered body with a capital O, the body that is non-binary the body that is trans any body that embraces feminization or rejects the quote-unquote cis male gendered body is a body that um makes itself susceptible to violence um whether it's a disabled body you know any body that makes people nervous that body becomes subject to misogyny so men queer male bodies are just as easily victims of misogyny as like cis female bodies and that like the cunt is a metaphor like you don't actually have to have like a cis vagina to be victimized because of vaginas like do you know what i mean like we are so terrified of women the other bodied is like a body of color i know it's not a very popular definition i definitely think that there's a difference between sexism and misogyny sexism is not misogyny they're two separate things sexism and i feel like people conflate them a lot sexism is like i'm a man and i make a dollar you're a woman you make 75 cents that's because you don't believe that women are are enable like are able to earn or deserve the same amount as you or that sexism is that we've never had a female president right misogyny is violence against bodies that don't conform to an idea that there's one standard way that people should look be act seem and it sounds like from what you're saying misogyny is a is a greater threat right it's a social ill um and i'm actually writing about that right now in a book that's coming out on has press But um, so when I masturbate, it's my way of kind of if someone told me, like, you can't wear white after Labor Day, like I would go to a party wearing like the brightest, whitest, most brilliant white outfit I could find. And then when that person looked at me, like I would dribble Coca-Cola all over my body. The more sort of rigid structure we apply to one another, it's like we just make it more difficult for ourselves to live. It's like if I tell someone else how they're supposed to live, actually what I'm doing is I'm making my own existence more restricted, right? Because if I say you have to follow this way of life, then that means that there's a way of life that I have to follow. I mean within the moral boundaries of like ethical behavior, right? Like like ugh, Buddha, Jesus, all ever it's like do unto your neighbors you want to do unto yourself. So it's like when you point the finger at someone else, really what you're doing is you're pointing the thumb back at you. You right. know what I mean? So it's like I don't want to live in a world where I have to feel ashamed of the fact that I don't wax my vagina, right? I do. I definitely don't want that. I don't want to have to feel shame when I go to the beach because for me to wax my vagina means that I have to live through like two months of horrible 
pussy welts all over my inner thighs because I just have thick curly hair. I don't want that. So I'm not going to make other women feel like they have to like have a certain Barbie doll crotch. If you enjoy the feeling of having a Barbie doll crotch, if you enjoy the way you receive attention from the person that you're trying to like, if that gives you some kind of like sexy feeling in the bedroom, if it gets you off, fucking wax that pussy softer than velvet. Like whatever you got, like just live your life however you seem fit with just like the human goodness that you would extend to another human being, extend to yourself. Like when I go to the beach with a hairy pussy, don't, don't judge me. Has that, have you felt like judged? No, no, I'm just using, no, I fucking let my bush hang free, but, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe we wouldn't all like cut our faces up and look like Brazil if we didn't feel like socially pressured to look different than we already do. Well, but, and also, and also I might get Botox myself. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not here to judge people that get plastic surgery. I have definitely looked online at the glow pro that thing, the, that you pricks your face and then you get new collagen. Right. Look, I'm into it. I was socialized here. I get it. But also like maybe if we stopped making those things mandatory, uh, merits of attractiveness, not everyone would feel compelled to do them. It's not intuitive logic to think like the more you think about yourself, the more compassionate you'd be to those around you. Right. But in a way it's like, I feel like the more you're kind of like comfortable with your Your own weird shit and admit that you like the things that make you happiest are not when you're feeling like you're conforming to something. Right. And when when you feel like creative and you feel like you're caring for yourself in, in and without shame and, and finding seeking pleasure and then be the weirdo that you are. Right. Be the weird. Like, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's like letting your freak flag fly. And then you extend that. Obviously, you should extend that courtesy, courtesy to, to others. Else. Exactly. So, yes, yeah, so when I masturbate, it's my way of saying I have pleasure, I have desire, and I have the right and the freedom to enjoy my body. We're fucking human beings. Like, everyone is a human being. Everyone's body is their own. Like, get your hands, get your laws, get your science, get your... I mean, I support NASA. I'm, I just mean your eugenic evil racist science like out of our body the fucking shit that's been done to the other body because of you know polity and capitalism and patriarchy is just it's just like a human history of blood and violence do you think that expressions of sexual of personal sexuality are becoming less taboo or just more public oh that is a really good question I mean, I feel like that's been the tug of war argument that's been happening for the past like 30 years, 35, 40 years since second wave feminism, right? Like, I would hope that it's becoming less taboo. I have a fear that it's just becoming more public in the sense that nothing underneath is at, like there's no actual deep work being done to change what's happening. And my fear with that is that advertising companies see. Like, it's like with the Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner. Like, rather than actually invest in what Black Lives Matter is doing, why it's important, they've capitalized on one image to sell Pepsi. So my fear is that because of, like, the sexual revolution 
the media has taken what deserves to be an important conversation about human sexuality and turned it into a marketing ploy. I mean, I feel like young people today are also marketing themselves and that projection of the self. I mean, you were saying it's like a perform. I mean, it's like how you you don't come when you're performing. And I feel like real sexual pleasure when you're performing and you're so aware of like your image and projecting this thing of yourself that can really take you out of learning much about yourself. If we tell women that this is a way to feel empowered, it must be really confusing then to say I'm being empowered by posting this like sexualized selfie of myself when internally the opposite is, is happening. You're being bullied online. Exactly. You feel like you're, you know, it, it. it's no wonder people are confused, right? Because it's like, yeah, we live, this is a Puritan country. Well, thanks so much, Nikki. Oh my gosh, thank you, Chelsea. A wild conversation. I love it. Music on Menage à Moi is by Annie Rossi. You can find out more about the show at menageamoi.org. However, you manage your podcast library, do not forget to subscribe to Menage à Moi if you're a fan of the show. That way, you will not miss the first episode of season two, which will begin in a few weeks after I have my baby. Wish me luck, listeners, and thanks for tuning in. Bye.